What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network for another college basketball show. She is Abby Schnabel. I'm Noah Hiles. Abby, we got a lot to get into for college basketball talk. March Madness right around the corner. It's We got one day preventing us from March. What the heck is that? It only happens you know, once every four <laughs> years, but I mean, it's almost March. It, it's, it's March adjacent, you should say. Happy Leap Day, but before we get into uh, the March Madness discussions, the all college basketball talk, we got to talk about our show's presenting sponsor, which is Mike's Beer Bar, whether if you're in town for a Steelers, Pirates, or Pit game. Mike's Beer Bar is right across the street from PNC Park and has the best selection of beer in town as well as amazing food options. They have over 20 TVs, and you can catch all of your NFL, college basketball, Pirates, Penguins, Riverhounds, and Premier League action right at Mike's. Come on in and try one of their 500 different available beers, 300 of them being local beers as well as 80 different local craft beers available on tap. You can also get a flight to try out every combination you can dream of, and you won't ever run out of combinations because I've tried and I've, I've failed every time. There's just so many to try. Uh, try their steak on a stone on the, on the note of trying things. Uh, it's a awesome meal that you can cook some steak with a heated stone right in front of you as you enjoy a night out in Pittsburgh. Come on down to Mike's beer bar and get your sports fix at Pittsburgh's best bar. Abby, another week, another, you know, step closer to the whole picture becoming a little bit clearer pit. As we discussed, Tuesday evening dropped a very pivotal game in Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, their their bubble status is on life support, I would say. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So to get things started with our question, I'll just ask you, is there a way Pitt gets an at-large bid to the 2024 NCAA tournament? Do they have to, do they have to win the ACC tournament to get in, or is there still another route for this team to get in without winning its league tournament? I don't think they have to win the ACC tournament, but I do think that they have to make the championship game and they have to win out in the regular season. And we've seen that they aren't the best at winning games that they're necessarily supposed to this year. Um, So the way I see it is that there's really one path win out. um, You've got games against, uh, Boston College this, uh, on Saturday, Florida State next week, and NC State to close out the regular season. And as the bracket stands right now, you know, they're getting that first round by, which is 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 important, which is helpful because it's really difficult to, to make it to the championship game if you don't. Um, right. You know, w- win in the first round, then as the bracket stands right now, you play Duke in the quarters. That's huge. Show that you can beat them on a neutral site just like you beat them at home. Um, and then you're in the semis, which is looking like a, a Virginia Clemson matchup. A Virginia team you beat, a Clemson beat they have, or a Clemson team they haven't. Um, but I think if, if they can beat Duke and then a Virginia Clemson team, I think that that's a good look for them. And I think there's a, a chance they could squeak by as an at large. I do think it depends on how the rest of the field does. Wake Forest losing to Notre Dame the other day helps. Uh, a bunch, but also you need Wake Forest to not really get any more marquee wins. But that's the thing is they didn't take care of the the games that they needed to to get another marquee win or two. And so they really need to show out. And that's hard to do when you're playing back-to-back games like you are in the ACC tournament when everyone's kind of trying to fight for that that title. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Six more wins puts them in a very good spot. With nine, with where are they at now? Nineteen overall wins, eighteen, 18 overall wins. So yeah, just getting to that twenty-four win total, it'd be hard to turn them away. But that's a big if, right? I mean, you got to finish out the regular season perfect, which 
you know, there's only three more games to go, and you have to like how they responded to the loss at Wake Forest by coming home Saturday and blowing out a Virginia Tech team. Um, but how's this team going to respond after the Clemson loss? Because that's that's a that's a different type of loss where mm-hmm. now it's it's looking like their season has a much different you know path to get to where they were hoping to go. So I think just that challenge alone is tough. And also, I mean, there's there's some questions with the ACC tournament. How much value will those ACC tournament wins carry? And you're also not guaranteed to get the best draws. Yeah. You know, well, let's just say hypothetically, sure, you're guaranteed probably one quad one opportunity. Like you said, as the bracket currently sits, their second matchup, if Pitt can win in its first matchup, uh, which will be against, you know, a, a team seated 10th or worst in the ACC. So that's not going to add anything to their resume, but just another, you know, win over a subpar opponent. It will get a shot at Duke or, you know, maybe a Clemson or or a Wake Forest, depending on what the two through four seating ends up being. So you'll get that opportunity, but you're not guaranteed anything great after that either. Who's to say that Virginia or Clemson or North Carolina, depending where the bracket falls, doesn't get upset? And if they do, will wins over, you know, will a three-win package in the ACC tournament, and it would include like a win over Duke and then your other two wins being like an NC State and a Virginia Tech, is that going to be enough? I, I don't know if it is I I would like to think that 24 wins regardless gets it done right but you're looking here I mean they have two quad three games and a quad two game remaining in their regular season schedule you go down to um to DC you're really only guaranteed one more quad one opportunity throughout your entire route to the championship game Mm -hmm. and that's that's got to be tough and and you also got to think Pitt's one of many teams playing for something to prove in the ACC tournament this year. I, I think that there are three teams who are very safe right now, them, those three being Clemson, Duke, and North Carolina, but Virginia doesn't feel safe anymore. Wake Forest doesn't feel safe anymore. I mean, Syracuse has got to be begging for some kind of attention because they have the same record as Pitt. They beat Pitt twice, and they're further away from the bubble conversation. Then you have a whole bunch of other teams, the NC State, the, you know, pick a, pick another school, um, Virginia Techs, whoever, who want to be the Cinderella team that go on that run and win the league and, and, and steal a bid. So it, it's not like Pitt's the only team coming in hungry to this event that's coming up in a couple of weeks. A lot of teams have a lot to gain and a lot to lose, depending on their showing. So... I would say, yeah, you need to you need to approach it with the mentality that we have to win out. We have to win every yeah. game between now and March 16th to have a shot. And, and you know, it, you can get lucky if you get to the ACC tournament and other bubble teams don't perform well in their perspective or respective league events, and you do. But your best bet is you you have to approach it. You got to win your next seven games. 
And I think you also can't get blown out in the championship game. Um, right. I, I just, you know, you're likely playing a, a, a tough team no matter what in that championship game, and you really just can't get blown out. So it's not just as simple. I mean, not that winning six games in a row is simple by any stretch of the imagination, but you can't just rest on your laurels once you get to the championship game. You have to put up a good showing. You can't get blown out like you did against Wake Forest earlier. Um, and, and, that that's tough. That's tough to stay that consistent for that long, especially for a team we haven't seen that from in a while. Yeah, I mean, winning three games in three days is not easy for any team. It's it's why those double buys mean so much in these conference tournament conference tournaments because you get to sit around and recuperate while the rest of the teams get like a two day, three day rest period between the regular season and this event, and are go go go. You get to sit around and scout whoever it is you're going to be potentially playing and you already have game plans from previous matchups and you're at a severe disadvantage when you're not one of those four teams with the double buys. So yeah, I think the best plan for Pitt is to, yes, just plan on winning the whole damn thing. That's yeah. what you should be viewing to do. Can you get in without making it all the way to the, you know, first place spot on the podium? Sure. But it's, it's almost as difficult as a journey, so it, it's not going to be easy. I want to go over to our highlight part of the show now, Abby. Uh, a big storyline. There were two big storylines in the ACC. One was uh, a court storming incident that resulted in what looked like a, a, a needed amputation for 48 <laughs> hours. And by the miracle of Christ, he was able to play a basketball game uh, the next time his team was scheduled to play a basketball game. So we'll skip the court storming rhetoric. Uh, for the time being. And we'll we'll talk about Clemson coaches, uh, Brad Brunell's comments about the net rankings and scheduling. He basically pointed out saying that the Big 12 has this, has gamed the system where they go about their non-conference scheduling in a way that allows them to play very efficient basketball and kind of, you know, trick the metrics into thinking potentially that they're better teams than what they would allow to actually be. Uh, and he, he pointed out some numbers. He came with stats. He said, you know, the big 12 has six teams uh, in the top 50 of the net with a non-conference schedule of 250 or higher non-conference strength of schedule where the ACC has none. Um, so that's, that's an interesting thing to point out. And, and obviously there's been a lot of discussion of, you know, how the ACC gets undervalued compared to the Big Ten, the SEC, the Big East, the Big 12, and how is the Big 12 actually really this good? Should there be other teams in? Um, I guess when we're talking about this, Abby, when we're highlighting this, my mentality is what, if it's if it's so obvious – then why isn't everyone doing this, right? Yeah, it's right, and it's also the the idea of um, don't don't hate the player, hate the game, right? Like, um, why are you getting mad about Big Twelve doing this when you could easily do it too? Um, I mean, I know you're planning on talking about, but you know, we saw Pitt try and do this, but yes, you know. When when the RPI was replaced in tw uh, the off season of 2018, it, it changed things because the RPI didn't look at statistical categories. It looked at strength of schedule. It looked at wins and losses um, to dumb dumb it down really. Um, and and you know the 
any or the net was brought in to to look at those those margins those offensive efficiencies quad one versus quad two and in a way it was supposed to make things a little bit more fair but it was never truly going to be fair because i mean let's be real the the power fives power sixes of the world are are greatly advantaged in that and that they are going to just inherently get more quad one games which i think is something that that the big 12 is is benefiting from you know almost every single game in the big 12 is an, is a quad one game which isn't the case in the acc and and a lot of that has to do with their not in conference and beating these teams the way they did in the off season but like to, for me for to clemson's coach it's like if if you want to, I guess if you want to be a higher um, net team, why aren't you doing it too? And also, I don't necessarily think like I feel like a lot of ACC coaches would rather just play good games, um, which is a little bit more of a um, you know to to an extent I'll say, um, which is more of a, an approach like a mid major. I mean, uh, I, I covered Duquesne. Duquesne's coach Keith Dambrot talks a lot about how he tried to make his non-conference fairly difficult and you know he has to do that because he's not going to get quad one many quad one games in the um regular season and so I don't know it's just take advantage of your opportunities when the games you're supposed to win you'll have a, a higher net and 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 then you're playing more quad ones and then you are a quad one and I I don't know it's it's like I said at the beginning hate hate the the game not the player yeah I mean I just I just pulled up two random ACC teams schedules, right? So you look, I mean, you could say Boston College maybe tried to take the Big 12 route, okay? Well, in their second game of the year, they only beat the Citadel by four points. Uh, they played an Atlantic 10 team in uh, on their home court, and they only won by seven points there against Richmond. Uh, they, they win by nine against an Ivy League team, against Harvard. They play another Atlantic team, 10 team, and they lose on a neutral court. They lose to Colorado State on a neutral court, who's not a bad team, but that's what I'm saying. And, and then you look at Virginia Tech, who took the opposite route. There's two approaches, right? You can have the weak non-conference schedule, which the Big 12 is being accused of doing, or you could go the Virginia Tech route, which is load your non-conference with a lot of tough games. You see they, they played South Carolina in the beginning of the season. They played Iowa State in the beginning of the season, Florida Atlantic, Auburn, and they, they lose these games. So what it really comes down to more than anything is regardless of who's on your schedule, win if they're a bad team beat them by a lot because they're a bad <laughs> team and if they're a good team don't lose and that's the problem you know the ACC can throw out whatever data it has or whatever but in reality it's it's the teams that tried to take that like you pointed out TCU is one of the teams he brought up Iowa State another one of the teams he brought up those teams don't have those stumbles on their schedule where they didn't lose to a Citadel or you know some terrible mid-major school or they didn't have a ton of close calls like he said part of this equation is blowing them out Pitt did that but Pitt lost to power five teams it needed to win in those few power five non-conference games you play you need to win at least one of them and they didn't they I mean they beat West Virginia on the road but that was really the worst of all that what they had to work with and when you have that limited sample size you can't go with a loss to Florida. You can't go with a loss on your home court to Missouri, which is like their worst loss of the year. You've got to capitalize when you try to take the route. Like, like you said, Abby, Pitt tried to do this and it did for the, for the most part. If you look where Pitt was in Ken Palm and net in the beginning of the season, 
despite having one of the weaker strength of schedules in the country, it was very high up, even in late December. And Net and Ken Palm, probably way higher than where it should have been because it beat the doors off of, you know, a Florida Gulf Coast, a Jacksonville. And that's the route you got to go. But you have to play some Power 5 teams. And when you lose to them on a neutral court, on your home court, that screws you over. So you can complain all you want, Brad Brunell, but the reality of this is the teams in the ACC weren't good enough to execute this strategy. They either weren't smart enough to try it or the ones that did weren't good enough at the time to execute it. So like you said, Abby, don't hate the player, hate the game, but I don't understand what else you, what do you want them to do? Like there's going to be an advantage in any sort of thing that exists here. And this is not new. This was in 2018. Abby Schnabel was, was showing up to her, what her like sophomore classes when this thing was invented. Now she's a full grown adult with a couch in the <laughs> background of her house and everything. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that sure. Is it flawed? Yes, but this is what exists. This is what has existed. And don't be mad that one league is on the same page and has a strategy and carries it out. And that the league you're in has teams that aren't capable of carrying this out one way or another that should be and and after last year with the ACC with all the qualms it had with you know Clemson not getting in and you know the the lack of value with Pitt being on the bubble despite having 23 wins or whatever that should have been the discussion when they were going about this scheduling and I think if you look at the schedules for some of these teams they tried to do this they tried but some of them didn't execute so cry about the tough losses. Don't cry about the poor or, you know, about the other teams because say what you want about the TCUs, the Iowa States. They saw this advantage and they did it. That's what you got to do. So that's what I'd like to talk about in the highlight. We'll get a, we'll get out of here real quick beforehand. We got to do predictions. Uh, Pitt has three remaining regular season games, Abby. This weekend at Boston College, two home games next week against Florida State and NC State. Prediction, Abby, how many wins did they finish with in this three-game stretch, or I guess overall? I'm giving them two of the final three, just because I don't think this team has shown that they're consistent enough to win all three. I don't – I mean, I would have to look, but I think if there is a stretch of them winning three games in a row – Oh, well, they had a good five-game win stretch in the middle uh, and at the end of January, beginning of February. But at the same time, like, with where they're at right now, I just don't see them being able to pull out all three. I won't be surprised if they do. I'm just not confident that they will. Yeah, I I think two is probably the safest bet. I think they will win on the road this weekend. Um I think senior night's probably a game that they're going to want to finish strong with, you know, uh, but it's just that one in between where it could be, you know, maybe an overlook. I, I, I do think they should, they'll probably be favored in all three of these games. They should win all three of these games. And if they, if they do, that's, that's obviously a good testament to where they're standing heading into the ACC tournament. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's not that they lost to Clemson and Wake Forest that makes me doubt that they can do this. It's the way they lost to Clemson yeah. and Wake Forest that makes me doubt they can do this. Um, it's just not being able to execute in certain areas where you knew you're going to have to 
face challenges there. It's it's how you got to figure out a way to get Blake Hinton the basketball. You got to make shots. You got you got to handle easy opportunities close to the rim. Things like that. Those things tell me that you know maybe they're they had their big stretch where, like you said, they won five in a row, seven of eight. But they're coming back down to earth a little bit. And we saw that with last year's pit team as well, where it hit its stride and then it cooled down. And then it hit a second stride in, in early March, but it needs to find that real quick if it wants to have any chance. Abby, any final thoughts as we wrap up another show? I can't believe we're into the last week of regular season, really. Right. It's crazy. It's gone by fast. It is indeed. We will have all of your coverage for March Madness, uh, you know, regional stuff, as some people are aware. Pittsburgh will be a regional host for the first rounds. We'll have you covered there. We'll have ACC all-conference tournament coverage as well, and we'll have everything else covered at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can read our work at post-gazette.com, and you can check out all of our our digital coverage, our podcasting and video analysis here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. She's Abby Schnabel. I'm Noah Hiles. We'll see you next time. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.